Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm Steve Gallo, your host, and of course, I'm joined by Harley Schultz, as always. Mr. Schultz, this is our 99th episode. Are you tired and, and you know, Rumpelstiltskin type tired from this whole stuff? You know, uh, many great things have had 99, including uh, red balloons and... Beers on the wall. Beers on the wall. So, you know, there's there's positives and negatives about 99. Uh, I've had a rough week myself so far, and it's only Monday. I was going to so. say it's Monday. <laughs> uh, so there's, uh, there's, there's only. I guess, I guess I could say there's only good things yet to come for this week. Correct. And what you know, what when your week starts off bad, you only have nowhere to go but up. I guess is how the best way to look at it, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I'd like to maybe take a, a quick second here to uh, kind of bow our heads a little bit. Obviously, listeners can bow along if they want. They can't see us bowing our heads. But in, in in loss of one of one of the true greats, uh, an individual who brought us the heroes that we all deserved instead of the heroes that we all needed, and by that of course I mean the now dearly departed Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I saw somebody refer to him as Pickerman. <laughs> yes, Peter Peterman uh, just got cut today. Uh, all seriousness, of course. Uh, uh, prayers go out to the family and friends and, and all the associates of uh, one of the greatest uh, comic writers of all time, Stan Lee, who had a really strong influence on me as a child. So uh, it was a horrible loss to the entire entertainment community with his uh, death today. But uh, again, on a lighter note, uh, the horror that is Nathan Peterman uh, is no longer a factor here in the NFL. And uh, it's interesting to see which uh, Canadian Football League team or World League team will try to sign him first. Come on now. You really? <laughs> hey, mean, Johnny Manziel's got a job, right? Well, this is true, but that's a that's never mind. I don't know. You're making me lose my train of thought here. I was looking for something, whatever. You know, it's raining hard here, and the puppy, Tank, does not like to go out in the rain at all. Yes. And that's frustrating for me because then I'm worried that, you know, he's dealing with, we found out last week that he's dealing with a um, urinary tract infection. So he's got medicine he's taken for that. He wasn't sleeping through the night. I think, did we talk about that on the last episode? I think, well, I got him on some kind of anti-anxiety medicine that's actually helping. I give it to him 30 minutes later, put him in his crate. He's out cold. He slept till 5.30 the other night, the other morning. I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. Today it was 4.40. That's still decent from where it was because, like, every hour we were up. So, But I, I need him to go to the bathroom before he goes to bed and all that kind of stuff. So I ran over to Dick's, and I bought one of those easy, easy pop tent covers or whatever the heck they're called. Mm-hmm. There's nothing easy about them um, <laughs> when it's one person trying to do it while it's raining out. So I bought a little 8 by 8 but... Had it up in the backyard, so hopefully he will go. Took him outside for the first time. Got it up, proud Papa, right? Standing there. Do you know what he does? He, venture, he ventures outside of the tent and goes outside of the tent. Uh. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Anyway, um, I think it's about time that we throw it over to Mr. Schultz for this week's <coughs> BPN News. Thank you, Steve. The Rams' Cooper Cup tore his ACL Sunday, just a couple weeks after returning from a sprained MCL. This morning, Vegas opened their line on his next CL injury at LCL at 3-2, UCL at 4-1, and PCL at (laughs) 7-1. Speaking of torn ACLs, the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles lost cornerback Ronald Darby to a torn ACL Sunday night. Darby joins fellow starting defensive backs Jalen Mills and Sidney Jones on the sidelines for the foreseeable future. With these losses, 
Philadelphia's secondary is now nearly as bad as Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Emphasis on the nearly. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills scored 41 points Sunday against the New York Jets. This total was four points less than all of the points that they had scored over their last six games combined. Following the game, coach Sean McDermott confirmed that despite Matt Barkley's success, that if Josh Ellen was healthy enough, he would start next week and not Barkley. I feel that John Gruden should be taking notes here. I mean, at least McDermott is admitting that he's tanking for next season. <laughs> Mike Vrabel and his Tennessee Titans upset his former team, the New England Patriots, Sunday. Following the game, former Patriots running back Deion Lewis made waves by saying that going cheap led to New England getting their bleeps kicked. Yeah, Dion, before you get all big in your britches, you may want to remember that you averaged less than three yards per carry with no scores yesterday. If anyone did any bleep kicking, it was the rest of your team, not you. <laughs> and finally, Julio Jones scored for the second week in a row. In response... Atlanta's fan base immediately drove to their local grocery stores and cleaned them out of any survivalist staples. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, and Julio Jones TDs. This has been your BPN News Update. Man, that's just wrong. What's going to happen if he hits it three weeks in a row or multiple in one game? Then it really, the, the world will die. <laughs> you know... Uh, you never know what's going to happen in those situations. It, it, it was kind of like this past week. It's like mind blown. What happened? Who, <laughs> who, who could have predicted half of what happened in the first half of, uh, of this week's slate of games? The early games in particular were just oxymoronic. Okay. So I pretty much had my worst week of the year probably this week. And in one of my... Um, in the one huddle expert IDP league, I'm in first place at eight and one going into this week. Highest scoring team. Let's see, all play record of seventy-seven and twenty-two, um, which is best in the league. I sat Ebron this week for George Kittle, and guess what? That's a silver lining. Do you want to know why? How is that a silver lining? Well, because Ebron scored twenty-eight points, and I'm down thirty-two points. So Kittle could still possibly win me my matchup. I would have lost it had I played Ebron. Now that's truly looking at things with a glass half full type attitude. <laughs> no, it is, but I know I'm going to lose. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to lose that league. I'm going to lose in Scottish Fishbowl. I'm losing the Flex League. Um, injuries have hampered me there. The one spot that I had a great week, I, am, I was 6-0. and I've lost three games in a row. Um, I'm going to get off the schneid this week. Let's see what my all-play record is, just to give you an idea, um, because it is a 16-team league. So my all-play record is 90 and 45, um, and that was through nine weeks. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to before I started losing. How's that? My first six weeks, my all-play <laughs> record was 75 and 15. So the last three weeks have been bad. This week, I have scored, I believe, we'll take a look here real quick. Um, let's see. Load up MFL. Yeah, okay. So here, I'm going to read off some scores in the league, and then I'll give you my score at the end. Okay, you ready? Okay. 149, 211, 210, 134, 188, 193, 175, 238, 165, 220, 203, 240, 155, 237, 139. I started Taysom Hill at quarterback because Joe Flacco is my only quarterback. Traded for Matt Bart, not Matt Barkley, God, I wished. Traded for um, Sam Darnold so that I would have a quarterback I could start, but he hurt his foot, so he didn't play. So I started Taysom Hill at quarterback. I scored 277 points. I still have Odell, Be <laughs> I still have Odell Beckham playing, and I have Olivier Vernon playing tonight. Wow, sometimes, that's impressive. Sometimes fantasy makes no sense. Well, in, in reality, it really doesn't. I mean, it, it, it just seemed like such a 
a crazy mixture of things happening this week. And, and I mean, somehow or another, I managed to skate through this week, despite all the absurdity going on on the field. All of my season-long teams won this week. Well, that's good. I think that the lesson to learn here for people is you can't really look at the tree. You've got to look at the forest. It's it's not a sprint. It's it's a it's a marathon basically, right? It's a Well, season. I guess I mean we have to trust the process, right? Exactly. And sometimes <laughs> it's just not going to work out for you. I mean, who would have thought that starting Taysom Hill and my second wide receiver because Adam Thielen's on a bye um and because I lost Albert Wilson earlier this year is Jermaine Curse. You know? And LaShawn McCoy has done how much of what the past X number of weeks? I think 34 carries for 34 yards it, over his exa- last three exa- games coming it, into it. Exactly. So I'm starting him out of necessity because there's just too many buys. I have to put him in my lineup. 24.3 points later, I'm a happy guy. Ebron's in my lineup every week in that league, so that's great. Um, I, I sat Vince Williams, which made me sick on, on Thursday night because he had a big game with an interception, pick six and yep. stuff. Um, it just it's crazy how stuff works out sometimes. So it's just it is what it is. And with that, I guess maybe what we should talk about since we're talking that it's a, a marathon and not a sprint. But let's talk about the sprint to the playoffs over the next three weeks. How how do you posture for that? Anything special that you're doing well, at this point? I, I think at this point in the season, you you know what your team is. You you know if you're a playoff contender, a championship contender, a playoff pretender or a team that's in full-on rebuild mode. And you you really should have, I mean, again, you should have made your mind up on these things probably last week or two ago. A lot of leagues have already had their trading deadline. Some probably will have their trading deadline in the next week or two. Uh, Which, I mean, you you have to know what your plan is going forward, though, because, yes, you can play your studs in the playoffs, even in tough matchups, but what happens come playoff time if, say one of your studs goes down. Yep. So yeah, I think that's what's key is that if you're an owner of Todd Gurley, um I'd say Melvin Gordon, but Eckler's more than likely owned in all leagues. If you're you know, if you're you're an owner of your Todd Gurley's and, and the guys that you can handcuff but you don't want to handcuff because you needed that depth to get through the buys, at this point if you know you're situated to make the playoffs, it might be time to Cut bait with a guy that you thought added nice depth to get a Malcolm Brown on your lineup. Exactly. Remember, when you do Roster. reach the playoffs, finally, it's going to still be a, it's going to be about your best uh, eight or nine men that you have on your roster. You can put out there every week. Yep. Uh, depth won't matter so much because next week is the last week for teams on by. I believe uh, this week obviously is kind of a rough week for it with so many teams on by, but. Uh, Next week is is the final week for teams taking the week off. So, so okay, let me ask you this question. We know that you handcuff running backs. Yes. Are you handcuffing a wide receiver? Let's use Josh Gordon as an example. You own Josh Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. Do you roster a Philip Dorsett on the off chance that Gordon gets hurt? If your waiver wire is thin. That's, let's preface it with that. You, you can't just readily go to your waiver wire because it's deep league or short benches and just nab somebody you can plug into your lineup. I I don't think I'd go that far. I mean, if I was going to handcuff someone to Gordon on that team, I think I'd rather have Chris Hogan than Philip Dorsett. But uh, oh, that's just that's a tough example there because in the event that something were to happen to uh, were to happen to Gordon. Uh, you would think that New England would just lean on the rest of their parts. I mean, they've got Julian Edelman, yep. although he's a little dinged up right now. They've got Rob Gronkowski, who's also dinged up right now. But they've also got Sony Michelle. They've got James White. Uh, it sounds like they're going to be getting Rex Burkhead back soon. So there's just so many weapons there. Uh, if, if something were to happen to Gordon, I mean, they played half the season without Gordon to start with. So, Okay, let's say an Adam Thielen. Do you... Roster a Laquan Treadwell or an Aldrick Robinson or anything like that? Uh, not in that case, no. I mean, you're, you're taking such a huge drop off there. La- Laquan Treadwell, uh, you got to praise Kirk Cousins for trying to keep him involved in the offense. Has been a complete and total bust for his entire career coming into this year. Uh, starting to catch a few passes, but he, he's not going to fill Adam Thielen's shoes. 
in in this offense if Thielen were to go down. Uh, Aldrick Robinson's the same way. Aldrick Robinson has never been more than a deep threat receiver. He's one of those guys you can plug and play in DFS every once in a while because he might catch a 60 or 70 yard touchdown. But that's usually all you're going to get out of Aldrick Robinson. He's he's never been a possession receiver. He's never been a a sticks receiver of any kind other than that. So no, I w- I wouldn't think about that there. Okay. Uh, but it's something to look at. It's something that you have to look at each individual situation and look at it. Now let's talk real quick about prepping or making a run for the playoffs in Dynasty. I'll give you a scenario, and you tell me what you do. Would you trade a second-round pick for a, say, Matthew Stafford, who is on the final year of his deal and he will be a restricted free agent next year, and you're not guaranteed to retain him? Um, I, I would normally say yes, because I, I, I like Stafford. He's a fairly consistent quarterback. But what I don't like right now is the state of that offensive line combined with the fact that uh, obviously there's no more Golden Tate there. And now we've learned today that Marvin Jones Jr. has also sustained a little bit of an injury. So that once deep wide receiver core is much maligned. And realistically, he's got no time in the pocket right now with the way the offensive line is playing. So as much as I love Stafford, I wouldn't bother this year. So now let me put let me change the scenario for you. You're three and seven. Are you trading a second round pick for Stafford? In a heartbeat. You're three and seven. You're out of the playoff run. He's got a one year deal, and he's a restricted free agent next year. You're ch- oh, so you're, you're not guaranteed to get him next year. No, you're not guaranteed to get him. In that case, I think is there is there any chance? I mean, is it like standard restricted where you can get him if you match the contract yeah. type of situation? We'll call it, it's yes, but we'll call it slim. We'll call it less than a thirty percent chance that you retain him. In that case, I wouldn't bother. Right. Uh, now, uh, there, there's especially, I mean, quarterback depth is is so deep. Uh, if you're not in a two quarterback league or a super flex league, that uh, uh, the likelihood that Stafford will be a top twelve quarterback next year is probably pretty high. But there's an additional 11 other quarterbacks who would all be top 12. And there's five or six quarterbacks right below him in the standings that have just as good a chance as finishing top 12 as he does. So right. I, I wouldn't worry about too much of the quarterback spot. Now you change it to a 16-team league, right? Yep. Where there are no quarterbacks, no starting quarterbacks available on waivers. And you're a favorite to make the playoffs. And your only quarterbacks are injured. Um, be it Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, Whatever they're just they're injured. Could have been Aaron Rodgers last year, right? Right before when he got injured earlier in the season. Well, I got, I got to give you props to the rest of your team if you've made it to the playoffs with Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco as your quarterbacks. First off, but uh, if you are going to be in the playoffs and that's who you've got at quarterback, and they are both hurt. Uh, Flacco sounds like he wants to play through his injury, but I think that's more of a trying to save face uh, that Baltimore is intending to play Lamar Jackson the rest of the way. <clears throat> In that case, yeah, you probably do make the deal for Stafford. Uh, when you look at dynasty situations, uh, second-round picks, much like second-round picks in the NBA, usually have minimal value at best. At that point, you're usually looking at the third or fourth best rookie quarterback or the second or third best rookie tight end. All, all the qualifying running backs and all, all the impact receivers have been gone by that point. And then you add in IDP and you realize second and third rounds actually have value. Um, in that case, yeah. Then, and, uh, def- well, even then, though, it's like it, if you're talking second and third round IDP situation, obviously there's more to select at that point. Yep. But even then, if you're if you're in the playoff hunt this year and you get a chance to get a quarterback with any upside over the guys you're playing right now, you, you have to do it. And that's what it is. And look, we're, I'm using my situation because I just saw it as a good learning experience. And it, it is one where, you know what, the first thing I did is I went out to look at my league to see who had a quarterback to spare. And then when I looked to see who they were, I looked at what their record was. And then I went to them and said, hey, are you, do you think you legitimately have a shot at the playoffs? You're four and five. And the answer was, yes, I plan to win out. Okay, then I guess I'm not going to be able to make a deal for Matt Ryan with you because he's got a one-year deal. He's got Aaron Rodgers as his main quarterback. He wants to make sure that he's safe if something happens. But you find somebody that's three and seven. And they legitimately know, I'm not making the playoffs. And then that's where you have to decide, is it worth trading a commodity for a short-term fix? And my answer is, if you're a baseball fan, go back a few years ago when the Nationals 
played baby handling with Steven Strasburg. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the wrong thing to do because windows in sports close quickly. And dynasty fantasy football is no different. You're not guaranteed that your stud lineup or core that you have is going to give you that same performance next year. ACLs tear, concussions put people out, this, that, and the other. So if you have a chance to make a run, you do what you can to make the run. That's, I think that if there's anything to learn from what this discussion we're having right now, that's what it is. Know if you're a seller and know if you need to be a buyer. Yeah, and definitely, like I said, you, you don't have to always choose to live another day. If, you're in, if you've got a shot at doing it, take it down because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, you never you might, you might not make it through the next season. Obviously, that, we don't wish to have any of our listeners, but uh, that is you, true. You don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. If you get a chance to win, yep, take that chance. Yep, absolutely. All right. So, taking a chance to win. Why don't we throw it over to DFS? Unless you want to add something else, and let's give people a chance to win some money before the holidays. <clears throat> well, yeah, people ne- are going to need some money for the holidays, and uh, I- I'd like to make some money this week after having a rough week last week. So. Hopefully, uh, this week's picks uh, all pay off for us as well as all of our listeners, too. All right. So, you want to set an over-under or you want me to set an over-under? Let me take a quick peek here. I'm going to go with... One, two, three, four. I'm going to say four. That's that's the number I have, too, and I think that's going to be trouble. I think that's tough. I, I will go with the under then for four. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning, honestly. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. I'll let, okay. I'll let you go ahead and, and start us off. Let's see if we can't start off on the right foot because I think we will. I, I think we will too. Uh, I'm going to pay up for Drew Brees versus the Eagles. Bingo. Uh, Drew Brees at home is always a good play. Uh, Eagles secondary is completely drained right now. They're going to be dressing people off the street next week. So Yeah. Uh, this this just looks too easy. I'm almost a little afraid it might be a trap. That is, you know what? That is one of the concerns. Um, that you know what? Maybe the Eagles will sign Peterman. Maybe he can play better quarterback. Cornerback. Um, I actually thought the Eagles should have made a play for Patrick Peterson. Now, in hindsight, it really looks like they should have made a play for Patrick Peterson. Um, but anyway, it could be a trap because they could get up early and not need to throw the ball as much. But you can't really run very well on the Eagles. So I do think that Breeze being at home that they are able to attack that, that defense that way. I think he's a no-brainer. He'll probably have huge ownership this week, honestly. And that's actually maybe the one reason to not pay up for him because he will be a fairly chalk play. Yep. Uh, when you look at the other quarterbacks in that realm, however, there's not a lot to love. I mean, I don't mind Carson Wentz or Cam Newton at their price tags. Uh, Wentz was almost but, my pivot based on the fact that if New Orleans puts up 50 points, guess what? Wentz is going to have a lot of free garbage time. Well, I think that's an interesting way to play this whole thing, too. It's like if you want exposure to that game and the potential high score on both sides, yep. go, go with Wentz and go with his passing attack instead just because they're going to be lesser owned. But after that, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of just not exciting options until you get down to the lower stuff which we'll talk about a little bit more when we get to our uh, value plays so i think we're going to roll off on the same stay away also that i don't know i'm going to stay away from a guy who's traditionally very very good at home oh no then we're definitely in different realms i'm going to stay away from matt ryan versus dallas Uh, dallas has allowed multiple passing touchdowns in only four games this year one of them was last night but uh you know, it, it just it doesn't, again, much like I think the Drew Brees game could be a bit of a trap, I feel like this is a trap to start Matt Ryan based on his name and based on his weapons against a fairly tough defense. So before I move on, should we say something? <clears throat> we both were pretty much, I think, against Drew Brees last week because he was on the road, correct? Yes. And everybody, of course, I saw him on Twitter. Oh, see, everybody talks about Drew Brees on the road. Blah, blah, blah. That's fallacy. It's not true. Um, if you can fill some airtime for about 30 seconds, I'll pull some numbers to tell you that I tweeted last night. How's that? <laughs> well, so in addition to Matt Ryan, there were a couple of other options that I'm staying away from at quarterback, and maybe one of these two would have been the uh, the player that you had chosen to stay away from, uh, that being Andrew Luck and Ben Roethlisberger. 
Now, again, we always do have that kind of same storyline with Ben Roethlisberger is that he's no good on the road. Well, this season, he's actually been fairly good on the road. And, of course, this week he's facing Jacksonville. And everyone's got this fallacy that Jacksonville's got this fabulous pass defense. But uh, reality is the last couple weeks, their pass defense has not been that good. They've lost a couple guys to injury. And so, I mean, as much as I don't want to pay $8,000 for Ben Roethlisberger on FanDuel, he's not as bad of an option as he could be. Andrew Luck, same situation, facing a Tennessee team that looks bad on paper, but actually fairly good defensively. And we saw what they did. They they really flummoxed Tom Brady and the Patriots this week. So neither one of those two is is great options, but neither one is so horrible that it's going to scare me away from them, at least partial exposure. Yeah. So Ben is the guy that I was avoiding. Um, I know Jacksonville's not what they <coughs> used to be, but Jacksonville this week, as far as I'm concerned, they're a wounded dog or animal in a corner. That makes them dangerous. It's on the road. I know that Pittsburgh had extra time to prepare for it, but you still got to go on the road. I just think that there's too much risk considering the other options that are there in the price range. So that's why I'm avoiding Ben and not paying up for him. Um, okay, so my Drew Brees numbers. On the road, okay, first let me say this. Going into this week 10, his home and away split was exactly even. The same number of road games as the same number of home games, okay? Mm -hmm. His completion percentage on the road is 3.9% lower. His passing yards are 7.2% lower. His passing TDs are 27.9% lower. Um, His passer rating is 10.1% lower. His adjusted yards per attempt is 12.3% lower, and his quarterback wins is 16% lower. So there is statistical data to back up the fact that he does not play as well on the road. That's, that's a good argument right there. I mean, and again, though, like I said, statistics be damned, this past weekend was weird. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Okay, so who's your value play going to be? I think we're going to agree <clears throat> You think so, huh? Yeah, that's why it was funny that I didn't like four as an over because I thought we were going to hit on quarterbacks and then nothing else. Okay, so there was an obvious value play that I could have taken, and this might be the one you think I may have taken. That's Eli Manning uh, at home versus Tampa. I'm going to go way down on the the charts this week. I'm going to take Josh Rosen, Arizona, against Oakland at home. No, don't agree. I I get it. I do. Um, I think it's a leap of faith but you're putting some value into what Byron Leftwich is doing there in in Arizona. Well, the big thing with Josh Rosen is really the only negative he's had over the last couple weeks is he's been turnover prone. Oakland just doesn't take the ball away from anyone. They don't sack anyone. They don't take the ball away from anyone. The script couldn't be better for Rosen to have a solid game. So this, if you go by the numbers, is not a good play. But he's at home. I think think that this, as much as I said I'm staying away from one guy, I think it could wind up being a higher scoring game. If it's not, I still think he adds to his total with his legs. I think Blake Bortles makes a sneaky play at only 5,100 and 6,800. I, I have no problem with that. Uh, Pittsburgh has been mediocre against opposing quarterbacks all season. They played a little bit better of late, but uh, again, if, uh, if this game starts to go back and forth with some points, if Jacksonville starts giving up some yards and touchdowns to Pittsburgh, uh, we might get a little of uh, Bortledge garbage time. Yeah, and my biggest fear, though, is is you know Fournette able to come in and dominate and shorten the game. Then that, that hurts Bortles, of course. He looked pretty good last week. Yep, exactly. All right, let's run on over to running back. Um, I had tough times because I liked quite a few of the top-end running backs, so I'm not sure that we're going to agree. Um, but I had three of them. Um, I liked Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. I liked all three of them. So if I'm going to pay up, I'm going to pay up for the cheapest of the three. I'm paying up for Zeke at, on the road at Atlanta. You saw what Tevin oh, – listen, I'm getting it all backwards now. You see that that Atlanta defense can be had. I'm thinking of how Tevin Coleman thrashed the Redskins for some reason was what was going to come out of my mouth. But – um. I think that they're going to need to use Zeke to try and control that Atlanta offense. 
to keep them mm-hmm. off the field and protect Dak of sorts. And he looked pretty good catching the ball and running the other night against the Eagles. So, how about that hurdle? Oh God! <laughs> that talk, I mean, they always talk about putting someone on a poster in basketball. Yeah, I think Zeke just put uh, that guy on a poster in the uh, <laughs> with the hurdle there. He sure did. So, who are you paying uh, up for? Uh, I, I also looked at all three of those guys. Uh, I don't mind Melvin Gordon. He's the least of the three for me in terms of choice this week. I agree with you. Uh, De- Denver, as bad as they were, or like rounds week five, six, and seven, has actually been very good against opposing running backs on the ground this year. So Gordon will do okay through the air, but uh, I, I think he's going to struggle on the ground this week. Uh, I'm going with Saquon. Uh, it's, it's probably the best matchup of the three. Uh, and so I, I was looking at this here, uh, AP couldn't get done last week. He, he actually struggled versus the Tampa Bay defense. Uh, but that's more a, a nature of the fact that the Washington offense yeah. is so vanilla. Uh, the, the two weeks prior to AP struggling last week, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon combined for just under 300 total yards and just, uh, they, they combined for four touchdowns between the two of them. Uh, that's what you're going to see from Barkley this week, probably about 125 to 150 and a couple scores. And I'll tell you this. I like the top three at running back, and, and I like some of the top end wide receivers so much that that's why I want to pay down a quarterback and tight end this week. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, so now I, this one we might actually agree upon is our I stay away. So. I think we will. And uh, we talked about the top three on the list being our, our favorite options. Well, number four actually has a very solid game in, in terms of he's facing a team that gives up a fair amount of passing yards to opposing running backs. And he's, he's certainly involved in the passing game. That's Elvin Kamara against Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, despite what Zeke did to them last night, though, Philly is really good against the run on the, against the, run on the ground. So Zeke was only the second running back all season to top 100 rushing yards against them, and only three backs have scored against them this year. Now, Kamara is going to score this week. He's going to score through the air. He's probably going to have five or six receptions, probably 60 or 70 yards through the air. But when you're talking that Kamara is going to finish with about 100 total yards and maybe one touchdown compared to Saquon having 150 total yards and two touchdowns, yeah. At the same price, you, you know which way I'm fading. Two X, one's two X, one's three X. I agree with you 100. percent I had no. I, I looked at the list, went boom, AK. That's who my stay away was. Just that quick and easy it was. Now, <laughs> I, I really don't think we're going to match on value play. Although I took an odd angle on value play this week. Well, maybe we will because I actually have two names down. And I figured that one was cheating, so I have to cross them out. Um, but okay, so I've, I've done the same thing. I've got two names and one I think is cheating too. So, okay, let's do the cheat first. Um, remember, we, I think we said this last week or, or a couple weeks before that. Um, it's the value play. So the value doesn't mean they have to be cheap, right? Exactly. I have David Johnson, and that's who I crossed ding, out ding, as my ding, cheat. Ding. <laughs> we were on the same mental telepathy there. Uh, going against Oakland, his price is 7500 That's That's a yeah. thousand less than the top tier. Over their last four games – Oakland is allowing 187 total yards per game and four total touchdowns to opposing running backs. Cards finally have figured out what in the hell they're supposed to be doing with David Johnson. Yep, Byron Leftwich knows what he's doing. Yep, Byron Leftwich knows what he's doing. 7,500? This feels like a value to start him at this price. I don't disagree with you. I felt that he should have been one of the top two running backs on the board. If he wasn't wearing Arizona stink, he probably would be. And remember, I was so cold and off of Johnson earlier this year. Complete 180 with Byron Leftwich at the helm, honestly. Absolutely the truth. And, and his schedule just gets easier. Yep. And as a Dynasty DJ owner, I'm happy. Trust me, I'm happy. Now, can we get a two-for-two two on the value play at running back? We might be able to. Um, I went – I'll tell you where I went. I went with a – part of a duo that you've already said you didn't like one part of as much this week. I'm going Austin Eckler because I think that he adds value in that passing attack this week against Denver. Um, He's cheap on top of that. Um, Probably not who you're going with, but that's my thought process on it. Uh, That isn't who I'm going with. And the only reason being is that he, uh, 
over the last couple of weeks, he's only seen about five touches uh, compared to about 20 touches each of the last two weeks for Gordon. Yep. Uh, the usage just hasn't been there, and it feels like it should be because he was so good at the start of the year. They're really taking advantage of his skill set. But uh, the guy I'm going to go with is in the same game as the David Johnson play. Okay. Going against him uh, for Oakland, Jalen Richard at 4,300 and 5,300. Uh, he has six games now where he has five or more catches, five games where he has 50 or more receiving yards. Obviously, he's not going to be involved in the running game, but Oakland has just been utilizing him a lot. He's basically, he's James White at half the price. Yep, that's a very good way to put it. It just has to be, do you have faith in Oakland? That's the only problem. Um, well, I have no faith in Oakland, but I have faith yeah. in Jalen Richard. <laughs> they could always cut him. You know, they don't want to win, so you never know. Um, so I'll call it at we're two and a half right now. Okay. How's that? <laughs> yep. But I feel very confident saying DJ truly is my value play. I, I totally agree. He was the first person I thought of when I saw that price tag. Yep. Again, this is the week where I'm going to probably start Saquon and Johnson yep. at running back, or I'm going to start Zeke and Johnson. Just because the quarterback situation outside of Breeze is so vanilla that I can really pay down there. Yep. Uh, when we get to tight ends, uh, you'll see that there's one tight end I really like that's a little higher priced, but the rest are all fairly in the middle. Wide receiver, there's a lot of good wide receivers, and we'll talk about them now. Yes, sir. I also found it easy to pick my pay up at wide receiver. Um, might as well make the Breeze stack. Michael <coughs> Thomas. Ding, 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 right there. Easy pick up there, 8,800 on both sites. Uh, he's been white hot lately. Uh, as We've already talked about Philadelphia's shorthanded in the secondary. Should be fairly easy. Uh, I would like to make one comment. Uh, speaking of the what happened this weekend, what happened with Traquan Smith this week? Um, I don't know. They scored like, what, 163 points and he didn't do much? And he didn't have a catch. Yeah, well, it happens when you're well, that. So you lose Des Bryant. Yeah. Everyone assumed that Traquan Smith would get the start and be a, a good play in that game, and he didn't catch a single freaking pass. <laughs> That's what happens when you get down to that type of receiver, and, and you just it's you never know, um, especially when you have two dynamic running backs and Michael Thomas. Yeah. So. That's a good point. So but yeah, we're we're both on Michael Thomas. I think that's an easy breezy play, pun intended. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I said I liked the top of the wide receivers. I was wrong. It was the top of the running backs I liked. I'm okay with Julio Jones. Like I don't dislike his matchup. I think he's on a little bit of a roll. He's at home. Um, I'm Odell Beckham Jr.'s got a great matchup, I think. But then you get down to Hopkins, Antonio Brown, even Mike Evans. Um, Tyler Boyd. I mean, I, I had the three of them. I went, you know, Nuke, AB, and and TB, Tyler Boyd, and said, okay, who am I going to avoid here? I'm going to avoid DeAndre Hopkins on the road in Washington. Um, Washington's playing good defense, especially pass defense. Well, so I, I think I've talked the last couple of weeks about Washington having been playing good pass defense except for against number one wide receivers. Uh, last week with Mike Evans, he was the first number one receiver all season to not top 74 yards and or score a touchdown against them. So I'm not going to avoid DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't love him as much as I like Thomas in the top. But the guy I'm going to stay away from is Julio Jones. Okay. Uh, we talked earlier about how I don't like Dallas. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't like Atlanta going against Dallas's defense, which I think is better uh, perhaps better in reality than people think. If yep. you look at your at the defensive stats for Dallas, they might not scream high-end defense, but they're actually really good against both the run and the pass. Uh, Dallas has allowed only two teams to score more than one wide receiver touchdown all season. And among number one wide receivers, the only number one wide receivers to do anything against Dallas, DeAndre Hopkins and Golden Tate. All season, those are, you can argue that Golden Tate isn't even the number one receiver for Detroit at the time. Right. So yeah, Dallas. I mean, their their defensive line is getting healthy. Randy Greg Randy Randy Gregory's looking like he's pretty good. 
Of course, Demarcus Lawrence is a beast. Then you've got the two linebackers with Sean Lee out, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. And those guys are playing fantastic. I Van mean, Der Esch has looked so good last that, night. That play last night on the screen, the Clement, if you looked at the next-gen stats, they projected that to be a 22-yard gain. It actually looked like it could have been a touchdown if you looked at the actual play. So, and that was a game saver. That it really was. Um, but yeah, that defense is playing well, so I can see it, and I can see Atlanta having some trouble, um, even though can, they're at home. Can you really trust Julio Jones to score three games in a row? <laughs> it would be so Joe Julio Jones to do that. Yes. It, it would be so this year. I mean, it, it'll dude, be what happened. What happened? What happened? The, Julio Jones scored three times. No, this will be the week he goes for two sixty with three touchdowns. Exactly. That, that's going to thing. Either Julio is going to do absolutely nothing. Or he's going to blow up for two sixty and three. Yeah. One or the other. There's no. There's no middle ground here. Okay. So my value play. You actually said his name, um, and he's not a number one wide receiver still. But after a bad, bad, bad. Did I say bad? Bad yeah. loss yesterday. I believe the Eagles have to find a way to get Golden Tate involved, and at his price. And with the matchup they have where, like, again, I believe that they're going to be behind probably, having to put lots of points up even if they do win. I think Tate makes a sneaky value play. I agree. I, I think his price tag is just perfect for that right now. Yeah. But he's not he, who you he, picked. He's not who I picked, uh, just because I went a lot cheaper there. <clears throat> uh, I've been talking about the Dallas-Atlanta game all day. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Dallas's slot receiver Cole Beasley at Atlanta. Here's the reason why. Several non-number one inside wide receivers, slot guys, Ted Ginn, DJ Moore, Jarius Wright, John Ross, Adam Humphreys, Maurice Harris, and Sterling Shepard have all posted double-digit point-per-reception games against Atlanta. I think that this is the week that uh, Cole Beasley does really good, and I also really kind of like Michael Gallup as a sneaky play there too. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I looked at Golden Tate kind of like I looked at uh, David Johnson. I, I don't think he's a bad play. I, mean, I think he's actually cheap enough that he's not a non-value play. No, I actually think he could hit four times value this week. So Quite we'll, possible. We'll Again, see. it's all just about him learning that playbook in time. Yep. Okay, um, let's move it on over to tight end, which, of course, is just the have and the have-nots, basically. Um, I had a, somebody I was going to pay up for, and then I said, no, I'm going to scratch him off, which means we're not going to match probably. Um, and that's only because I didn't think that this guy was high enough to say I'm paying up for him. But I'm paying up for Greg Olson instead of Zach Ertz. I, I don't mind that. I, I kind of looked at the tight ends this week, and the, fo- the, ty- the, the, five, the top five on the price list at DraftKings, Zach Ertz, Greg Olson, O.J. Howard, Austin Hooper, and Eric Ebron, yeah. all have – good matchups none of them has a great matchup uh if i was to pay up for the guy who i think has the best chance of hitting three times performance it would be vance mcdonald but i feel like that's kind of cheating because he's only four grand and 5500 so i i I didn't go with vance mcdonald although he's really the only tight end above three thousand on DraftKings that i think is going to reach three times production so when i chose my pay up this week I went ahead and just said, okay, if I'm paying up, I'm going to pay up for the best guy on the board, and that's Zach Ertz at New Orleans. 6,600. You know what that makes him? That makes him like wide receiver 14 on DraftKings. So you're basically paying Ertz to fill a wide receiver two slot on your team. So that's what makes this funny, because I loved Ertz. Ertz was who I had. I'll hold it up there. You can see where his name was on there, and I crossed it out, right? Yep. But now do you see who I'm avoiding, who I'm not paying up for? Yes, I do. Zach Ertz. <laughs> and there's a reason. It's again it has to be it, it has to tie into what your your strategy is. If I pay up sixty six hundred for Ertz, it's gonna be harder for me to get both Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott or a combination of whatever we talked about into our lineups, right? Yeah, I actually kinda of, I've, I've kind of thought myself through on this already, is that I am gonna target two of those high end running backs. I don't have a problem with paying up for Ertz here. I'm also going to get one of the top three receivers, yep. but then I'm going to pay down drastically at receiver two and three. That I, I think there's a lot of value in the three to four thousand dollar range on DraftKings at receiver this week. So I feel like I'm putting Zach Ertz into my wide receiver two spot and earning my my tight end spot performance out of my wide receivers two and three probably. Yeah, I mean, and the Lions haven't been a great matchup 
especially over the last month. But I just think that Olsen scores. He's five grand, so if you have to pay up for somebody, I'll pay up for him. But I didn't like. I don't think you have to pay up at the position this week. Um, so who are you staying away from? Uh, I'm also kind of cheating at the stay away because I looked at the top of the list there, and again, there wasn't anyone that I hated, and I thought they all had a chance to at least get double their price. The one guy that stands out at me, though, is a guy who I, I just don't think I can trust is Jared Cook. His price yeah. on DraftKings is fairly inexpensive, but he's still 5500 on FanDuel. Uh, Arizona hasn't allowed a tight end to score since week two. Yeah. Uh, I got a Twitter question earlier yesterday, I guess. Somebody asked, said something about, I don't know if they said something that was question-wise or just made a statement with regards to Jared Cook. And I said, the problem is you got spoiled early expecting that you'd be able to rely on Cook week in and week out, and you should have never felt that. I agree. I, I, I think that, I mean, that's, that's how Cook has been every year of his career. He has done, and then he has a couple of okay starts in the middle of the season, and everyone just assumes they can trust him as a tight end one. Yep. And unfortunately, with the number of injuries we've had this year, you're probably starting him as a tight end one this year. But, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just not that good of a guy. He's on a bad offense. He's a mediocre tight end, and his price tag's fifty five hundred against a good defense. Not the guy you want to play this week. Okay, so let's see if we can nail the value play. I, I just can't imagine we will here. I went so deep here. Oh, so did I. So did okay, I. Okay, maybe we did. <laughs> I went very a minimum on the board. Um, yeah, I've got actually cheapest on fan on DraftKings, not the cheapest on FanDuel. I'm going with we, Hay- we've matched. We matched. I'm going with Hayden Hurst. No, we didn't match. Oh, uh, who'd you go with, Michael Roberts? I went with Michael Roberts. <laughs> no. <laughs> we both were thinking the same way there, though. Uh, for Roberts versus Carolina, again, cheapest price on on DraftKings. He's actually below or nearly like below the average minimum on FanDuel. Uh, the last five weeks, Carolina has allowed an average of eight catches and 90 yards to the tight end position. They've also given up seven tight end touchdowns over the last five weeks. Those are absurd numbers against the tight end from a defense that we normally associate with being fairly good. They are not good. They stink against tight ends this year. Michael Roberts actually was on the field for most of the snaps yesterday for uh, for Detroit. And if what we've heard is true, that Marvin Jones is actually on the wrong side of questionable after Sunday's game, that could mean more targets for Roberts this week. So I guess my playing of Hurst is because I'm doing it on the belief that Flacco doesn't play this week and Lamar Jackson does, and he's going to need that safety blanket. And it's very risky considering that Hurst has a total of four catches for 57 yards and one touchdown on the season. Um so if Joe's starting, I probably don't. I pivot away and do something else. But that was my thought process on Hurst and what I believe is a pretty good matchup, actually. Yeah, Cincinnati is one of the worst in the league against opposing tight ends. Uh, also in that kind of cheap range, guys, to consider, if you need a, uh, a dart throw at tight end this week, uh, Janu Smith obviously yes. has scored in a couple weeks. Uh, his DraftKings price has stayed down. His FanDuel price has gone up a little bit, probably too much to spend on FanDuel for him. And also Jeff Swaim uh, against Atlanta. Atlanta has been bad against tight ends for basically the last three years. So if you need <clears throat> to really go deep diving for a tight end possibility this week, there's four guys you can play with. Yeah, and it's just shocking to see Jordan Reed at $3,800, but it's actually deserved. Yeah. It really is. Well, He'll probably go off for eight catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns this week too. Um, I, I, I'm completely off that offense right now. I, I, I cannot trust any part of that offense. Well, that offensive line is in the shape it's in. Yep. So guess what? <coughs> what? We hit the under 3.5. <laughs> when you said the cheapest on the board, I really thought we were going to both have Michael Roberts there. No, and I, I was going to say something, too, about Detroit being the new New York Jets from the tight end mm-hmm. position. They're right there with you. <laughs> so... But uh, yeah. How many tight end touchdowns have they had the last couple of years versus how many does Ebron have this year? Oh, God. Ebron has been so efficient. And, and I think that's actually where people are going to start to rely on him 
and expect it when they, they need to realize that he's not playing a lot of snaps. He's just been extremely efficient. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just understand. Well, I think here's, here's the thing with Ebron. So high you talked about you, you benched him this week. Yep. And it was here's, right here's the way to play Ebron. If you look at it on paper and it looks like a bad matchup for him, start him. If you look at it on paper and it looks like a good matchup for him, bench him. So Okay, so now you got me. I want to look at something here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. And then we'll call it a day. Oh, let's see. Started Ebron week one, 15 points. Didn't start him for the next four weeks. That means I missed his 31.5 points against the Patriots. Started him against the Jets for 17 points. And I haven't started him since. I've started him twice all year, believe it or not. Um, now let's see what Mr. Kittle has done during that same time. So I said I started him week one and six. 15 and 17. So in week one, it was the right move. He outscored Kittle. In week six, it was the right move. He outscored Kittle. Now, all the other weeks, I can't say that Kittle outscored him. So um, <laughs> I've been rolling with Kittle more than Ebron. I honestly didn't realize that, but I roll with Ebron every week in my 16-teamers, so I'm at least getting exposure that way. Well, and if you had a choice between those two, I feel like I'd be much more comfortable with Kittle week to week, too. Yeah, just it's safer. The volume you know is going to be there. There's less variance, I think. Um, if I need a huge week, then I might go for Ebron, hoping for you know the multiple touchdown game, but know that I'm not getting eight catches for 93 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, and with Kittle, I mean, he's done this despite three different quarterbacks this year. Yeah, he has. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that does it for us today. We are in the home stretch, as they say, towards the fantasy playoffs, towards Thanksgiving, towards Black Friday, towards the holidays. So if you're trying to get ready and sneak yourself into the playoffs, feel free to give Harley a follow on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, you can check us out on iTunes, rate us, review us, all that good stuff. And if you don't have a Huddle subscription and you're listening to this because you're freeloading it because it's free, that's fine. But go ahead and sign up and help yourself win your championship. And until next week, as always, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. 